From Loyola University Chicago School of Law and WLUW, this is The Podvocate. We're law students exploring the vanguard of the legal world with experts from our backyard and beyond. Subscribe to The Podvocate wherever you get your podcasts. And join us every Saturday evening at 6 on WLUW 88.7 Chicago. For more information about this episode and our guests, please visit our website at thepodvocate.com and check out our social media pages. Hi everyone, it's Andy again, and I invite you to take a moment to visualize and experience. It's 12.15 on a Saturday afternoon in mid-November. Everyone's eating poke bowls and discussing the demands of the day. The one L's just got out of legal writing and are discussing how the final draft of their very first memo is due in a few weeks. Other students are finishing up their time in criminal procedure. Some are even studying for their employment law mini-test. This is the lunch hour on what I refer to as a school weekend. Loyola University Chicago School of Law offers one of a small handful of part-time flexible JD programs offered around the country, including Golden Gate University Law School's JD Flex program and Seton Hall University School of Law's part-time weekend JD program. The concept is simple. Every semester consists of alternating on-campus weekends for students to attain education in person while learning asynchronously during the week. Loyola's Weekend JD program is rated ninth overall as one of the best part-time programs in the country, according to U.S. News & World Report, and the top part-time program in the Chicago area. In the background of the lunch hour, you'll see the assistant dean of the program, Kirk Walter, mingling with students, or sitting at his desk for a meeting, or making sure everyone is comfortable. You may remember Kirk from Marcus's check-in with Loyola administrators, and to be very candid, Kirk deserves some more time at the mic. Today, I get an opportunity to sit down with Kirk and discuss his history with the law, some history of the program, and what makes the Weekend JD program at Loyola so special. Kirk, thank you again for joining me today. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. The first question that I want to ask you is, what brought you to law specifically? What brought you to the specialty of law? They're among <laughs> all of the other professions that we have in the world. Why law? Why law? Um, so uh, really, it started in undergrad. I went to uh, the University of Georgia for my undergraduate and really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And so um, being kind of a, a weird and introspective person, uh, I fell into the philosophy department and loved it. You know, and I, I um, really can trace kind of my my interest in the law back to one particular, you know, philosophical treatise that it was um, it's the, called the Crito. And essentially in that um, uh, Socrates has been imprisoned for teaching, uh, teaching students and uh, is set to be executed by the laws. And his friends come in to try to break him out. And they're just like, this is ridiculous. You, you, you don't need to be executed for this. And his argument is essentially, you know, I am a product of this society. And, you know, I sat idly by while this law was on the books and did nothing. And so because of that, I tacitly consented to the idea of this law being valid. And that really resonated with me, uh, especially as, you know, a gay identified man. 
when I was in undergraduate, um, you know, it was still same-sex consenting uh, sexual activity between men was illegal. And this idea that I was tacitly consenting to this law that, um, you know, absolutely did not, was not right, you know, categorically was, it was not right. That kind of stuck with me and, and, and inflamed me to the idea of like, look, I am a member of the society. And unless I am actively participating in the dismantling of discriminatory and, and wrong laws, then I'm tacitly, you know, agreeing to them and I don't. And so from that point forward, you know, law kind of became my, my focus. That you already hit it. Uh, interview. Oh. Over. We're, we're good. We're good to go. Um, I really like that, especially because it makes me think about when, when I was teaching and I used, we used to always teach allegory of a cave and it was that idea of oh, like, yeah. just a little pawn and all of this. And yeah. you, need to, you need to be careful. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's when you open your eyes and you see things, there's a world out there. You're not just stuck in this place. Exactly. Um, it's really interesting. You said you, you mentioned that thing about you are, you were, or you are a, a member of a marginalized community that had literal laws on the books against the ability to be who you are. Yeah. And so I know that some of your like law experience was in kind of like social justice and things like that. Would you mind tapping into a little bit of that background and the sure. things that you did there? Yeah, absolutely. In law school, um, I actually was going to focus on family law. That turned out not to be the the niche for me. After law school, I took a job doing um, elections work. So I was the one of four elections counsel for the state of Ohio, working for the Secretary of State's office, and really did it, you know everything having to do with kind of a, a elections administration, um, and really just trying to make sure that elections were uh, open, fair, and free. Loved that job. It was awesome in terms of just for me, again, kind of the, the, the fundamental nature of, of elections and voting in a, a democratic republic is is central. So it really kind of got to, to, to some of my interests. When um, there was a political turnover in Ohio and uh, the, the winds changed uh, in, a, in a more conservative bent, I ended up leaving the secretary of state's office. Um, in part because of the political turnover, but also in part because my husband got a job in, uh, in Alabama. Uh, so at the time, Alabama had a uh, grant in place uh, to ensure that polling places throughout the state uh, would be compliant uh, for individuals with disabilities under the, the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. And so they had, you know, essentially uh, 2011 and 2012 uh, to go and inspect and, and make sure that uh, polling places were accessible. Uh, so I ended up uh, working for the Protection and Advocacy Organization of the state of Alabama. Um, it's called uh, Alabama Disabilities. Um, and in, in doing that work, I also um, took up the mantle of doing some of their uh, the work for individuals, um, consumers of mental health services, um, and I also did some of their prison work. Um, and so going around the state, um, ensuring polling places were accessible, I mean, it was a great job, um, and really, you know, another one of those instances of, of you know, feeling incredibly good about, you know, kind of advocating for uh, for individuals with disabilities, both for, in their electoral context, but also, you know, the, the other parts of my job working in prisons and working in um, the, the state mental health facilities. 
when the grant uh, ran out after the November 2012 elections, um, there was a job being posted uh, with the University of Alabama um, doing essentially dispute resolution services for their student organizations. But it also had as a tiny little uh, blip on the line, uh, it said that it was uh, um, an LGBTQ uh, overseeing an LGBT existing LGBTQ, LGBTQ training. Um, I jumped at that one because uh, the idea to do LGBTQ advocacy, uh, you know, in uh, in Alabama, oof, why not? Uh, so when I started that job, you know, very quickly, what I said was, you know, that that what needed to happen was um, the University of Alabama needed to have an LGBTQ center. Um, I was told in no uncertain terms, uh, point blank. The University of Alabama will never have an LGBTQ center, um, which uh, obviously galvanized me and was like, I game on. <laughs> uh, so what I did, um, well, we don't need to get into the specifics. Um, uh, sometimes you, you, you got to get creative. Um, and I did and ended up uh, uh, instituting a center um that eventually uh ended up getting a commendation by the obama administration um and by the time then i left the university of alabama to come up here to um, loyola um, we actually won uh the presidential medal for the university of uh service to the university which is funny because the the medal was named after the president of the university who told me in no uncertain terms there will never be an lgbtq center uh so it was um it was very rewarding um, kind of doing doing that work there. Wow. Uh, I think also <laughs> just like the the kind of almost the backhanded like thank you. Exactly. Is there, is there, <laughs> like remember when you said this wasn't gonna happen? Now what look at my award for it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um oh. uh so I guess actually that that really does bring me to to the next point, which is kind of where my brain is going is so you were you're working for the University of Alabama and then what is it that brought you here to Loyola? Because my understanding, you still have ties to to Alabama and Tuscaloosa, and like yeah, my 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 husband still lives in Alabama. Okay. Um, so, so he is he's the chair of the English department down there. So so what brought you up here, and how does that how does that back and forth work? Uh, so honestly, you know, if if there is a theme to kind of my advocacy, my legal practice, you know, uh, what kind of galvanizes me, it's the idea of access, um, you know, and when I found out about Loyola's Weekend JD program, um, what it, you know, struck in me was the idea that this is a program that actually is giving folks who might not otherwise have the ability um, to, to get a law degree, the opportunity to get a law degree. I met with the first cohort of students and saw, you know, one, their passion and dedication, but then two, the number of different areas that they were currently working and interested in going into you know i've 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 said before and 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 you know forgive me if this is repetitive you know when coming to to work in higher ed um you know for me at least you know when i was actually out practicing law it was an amazing experience and i did feel like i had wonderful accomplishments um but the the societal issues, uh, those things, you know, the, those things to which I'm tacitly consenting to are so big, um, you know, institutionalized racism, sexism, homophobia, uh, ability, you know, I mean, it just, it's, 
it's all encompassing. Um, and so it, for me at least felt sometimes it, it, it took what otherwise would have felt like great successes and it, it just made them feel trivial and insignificant. Like, okay, great. I won this case, but what's going on with boom, 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 boom. And so the, 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 the pull to higher ed, um, you know, as a field, and this, this may sound kind of vampiric, um, is, you know, if, if, if I can help people get their degrees, then in some small way, you know, I am a part of the, the, the fight then that they will take. Um, and so me as an individual, yes, I can, I can win a handful of cases and make, you know, make some difference, you know, uh, on an advocacy front, but me as somebody working in education, I can help and empower hundreds, thousands of people who will then go out and, 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 kick some butt. Um, and that's what we need. You know, Lo Loyola as a law school has a wonderful and, and notable public justice or, you know, um, public interest and, and social justice kind of um, reputation. Um, so when I combined that with then meeting, um, meeting those first couple of students and seeing the fire and seeing like, okay, I am doing this and this is what the outcome will be there was no question for me uh so having to move back and forth and travel back and forth to, to, to alabama um i mean it's it's hard um but you know my, my husband um he's the uh you know he is passionate about what he does and and educating people to to think critically and um you know, to, to, to be able to analyze texts and, and um, speeches and, you know, like it's, um, you know, we're both, we're both passionate people and support um, what we're each trying to accomplish. And um, yeah, I just wish I could explain it to my dog. Uh <laughs> I've had that same feeling. I like that whole idea that, you know, it's residual. You can only do so much as one person, but then it's giving other people an opportunity to seat at the table. Like that's as a person in this program, I would say that the access is the most important part. I mean, I can't tell you how many times there has been the advice from lots of people that, oh, you're in your thirties. There's no point in even thinking about law school. Why would you even consider it? So it's yes. Yes. I think you're getting to that mission is, is getting accomplished this way. So I want to say thank you for that. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Was this an opening for the weekend JD program? Was the weekend JD program already a thing? Like what, what was going on there? Sure. So actually Loyola had already started the weekend JD program. Uh, the very first cohort had um, begun um, when they started the search, you know, when they made the transition, the, the part-time program at Loyola had, had kind of um, just by nature of evening based legal programs after a full day of work coming in and going from 6 to 9 p.m. every night. It, it was it was not tenable for, for folks um, with careers and especially uh, folks with careers and, and families. Um, and so our number had dropped down to about 12 students in the part-time program, you know, the year before they made the switch. They made the switch and they assumed that, that they were, optim you know, uh, they said, you know, optimistic that, you know, we might be able to, to increase our numbers up to 20 students. Um, and in that first year, they got about 45 students. Um, and so they were like, oh, this is going to be a thing. We need somebody to, to work in this area. Um, and so I started interviewing um, 
Well, what was it? I mean, it was maybe January of, uh, you know, so the, the second semester uh, of that that 1L cohort um, and then was able to come up uh, over the summer and be on the ground for then when the, the 1Ls became 2Ls and we had a new cohort coming in. Um, so uh, I've been have been with the program since, uh, uh, you know, summer of 2017. You were working in, were, were you a coordinator? Were you considered like, what was your title when you were? So when you became director, what was your goal for this program and how has that changed here we are now in 2022 so it's been what five years now almost five six years or seven eight nine ten eleven twelve five years uh, yeah. um, so how has that how has that evolved um I, my goal in taking the position um w- was really just to 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 be as helpful as I could um, uh, to folks. Um, so uh, the way, the only way I can say this, um, you know, it, it makes it sound like I'm, I'm critical of the position or loyal, and please know that I'm not. But it is my job at the time and now is probably more like multiple people's full-time jobs. <laughs> not saying that I'm doing the work of multiple people, just that like it could be or should be, you know, like if there's... It, if I was able to give a hundred percent to like all of these different areas, um, there, there, there is enough work to be done. Um, and so I think the, the, the first couple of years, it was really just to try to be, I, I, I have described myself sometimes as the den mother of, uh, the, the weekend JD program. And it really was to, to try to be that, um, to just, you know, encourage and support. That that still remains the same, you know. I I do like to think of myself as as the den mother, and you know, I I am I always have my box of chocolates and my tissues, and uh, I'm here for support. Um, but also, you know, the role has changed in part um, to recognize that at the time Loyola founded the Weekend JD program, we at that point were, I think, the third school to have ever even tried doing something like this. Um, and so my role has kind of turned from just the, the day-to-day support of students to both kind of a long-term planning of what, what our program can and should be, um, but then also kind of a connection with other law schools throughout the country um, to kind of help and support them as they develop um, weekend or, or, you know, just try to reimagine how legal education um, can be delivered in, in different ways. And so with that, participating in the AALS and uh, other national organizations, um, just try to, you know, expand and, and bring into kicking and screaming uh, the legal profession of legal education into the 21st century. You know, you started in 2017 and it was like, we're changing this up. And then all of a sudden 2020 happens <laughs> and we have to change things up. And exactly. it's almost like it was this this idea that seemed so crazy. But if you think about it, I mean, the 2020 just unmasked everything. It was like systemic racism, problems with, with all this other like societal issues abound that we need to, to re-examine these things. And it's almost, it's just, it's just very funny that you, you look back on it and it's wow. Access being like the number one problem, I think with higher education period, not just necessarily graduate school or professional school. And so 
the weekend JD program was almost like tailor-made for a pandemic. It was like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's very, very interesting. And, and um, that, that really did spring into kind of effect of uh, we were well positioned. And because of that, you know, Loyola is not proprietary or, you know, like, oh, we have this thing we can't tell anybody. Like, we want everyone to succeed. Like that is, you know, the, the 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 mission to go forth and set the world on fire is not like, oh, we just need to keep this private little bubble. It's just like, no, if 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 somebody reaches out from, you know, whatever school and a bunch of people from different schools reach out, I was a hundred percent candid. I gave them whatever information, whatever support, um, you know, because because ultimately a society with well-trained attorneys at the, you know, like it's is in the benefit of absolutely everybody. Not a trade secret. Like <laughs> we're not keeping this. Exactly. This is not our IP. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you have any do you have any goals for the future when it comes to the program? Do you do you have anything that if you can, it's like there anything that you're working on? To, to change things or like is there is there like a trajectory you want the program to keep going in I don't know how interesting this will be to folks but you know I have I call it my my weekend JD 2.0 presentation and so you know perhaps partially informed by my you know um former advocacy work for individuals with disabilities um you know w- Part of it is changing the class format and structure in such a way as to kind of have greater ability to provide um, accessible lectures and you know online content, um, and so that's that's one big piece that I'm working on in terms of of you know how do we change the synchronous and asynchronous instruction for for greater access. The other part of the weekend JD 2.0 present you know uh, idea is really a change in kind of curriculum course structure and flow. Some of that has to do with kind of peculiarities with with Loyola and main campus, um, but the, the the ultimate goal is to switch it from you know a part time four year program to a part time three year program uh, to to reduce reduce the time investment for folks, um, essentially make it match uh, the full time program in terms of of time commitment. I think that would be great if you could do that. <laughs> if we could do that in three years, but that's great. Um, uh, I'm happy to share with you my kind of course structure, uh, you know, uh, uh, offline if you want. But I mean, the, the the concern really is a balance between because weekend JD students, um, you know, are so over over scheduled with work, with you know, just living a life and doing school. It, it, it's trying to find that right balance. Um, I mean, so it's 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 trying to find a balance, you know, between uh, quickly moving through the program um, without overwhelming or or burning folks out. Um, and so the structure would basically, um, instead of a, a semester-based system, it'd essentially be like a trimester with extended kind of time throughout the year, while also trying to maintain the ability for folks to take uh, wellness breaks. They are incredibly important. <laughs> I guess that actually even makes it this brings me to like one of my one of my other questions is that when I think about the weekend JD program specifically, one of the first things that comes to my mind is that it's a communal place and that like community is like a core value of weekend JD program. I'm curious, is this something 
was this your idea? Did this spring from something? Did this spring from somewhere? Like who started this? What are the origins of this like communal piece? Because I think about when you think about law school, you don't think community usually (laughs) first thing, but I can say that the community pieces are probably the things I most look forward to. I am not very good at um, compliments or, or so I I don't want to take credit for it. Um, You know, I think, you know, if I, if, 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 I, I, I have tried to build in opportunities um, for for people to connect, um, both in in terms of scheduling breaks and meals. Um, but the opportunity is just an opportunity. I think if 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 credit should be given, it should be given um, to our amazing you know admissions folks. Different than than I have seen at other places. Our admissions team really looks through the personal statements of um, applicants to the Weekend JD program. You know, LSAT's important, GPA is important, yes, but that what they look for is the the why. You know, you're gonna be exhausted. And the idea of coming onto campus on a Saturday in February when it's cold and you've worked all week, um, there needs to be some motivating factor that is gonna make you get up out of bed. And that's what they look for. And, you know, it's to some degree a self-selecting group of people who would be willing and interested in, in doing a weekend program. But on the other hand, it's it's them taking the time to look through the, the application materials and build a cohort that every year I have been blown away by just like, holy crap, they have done it again. These people are awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, I appreciate and, you know, people have, have given me wonderful compliments of, 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 you know, instilling a kind of nice community feel for the weekend JD. But, um, you know, if, if, if anyone deserves credit, it's, it's the, you know, the admissions folks for, for finding you all. There's a, a cook that I quite like, the Barefoot Contessa, who, you know, uh, uh, will say things like just, just looking at the ingredients and, you know, worried about like, if it'll come out and she's just like, I mean, how bad could that be? Like, if you start out with incredible in- ingredients, like even if, even if the bake's not perfect, even if whatever you start off with incredible ingredients, it's going to taste good. Um, and so our admissions team really, um, sorry to, to, to uh, dehumanize you into baking ingredients, uh, but you start off with, with awesome ingredients and you're going to get something great. So I guess so, so that that's actually really interesting because it brings me and almost it brings me to, to this last question that I have, which is what about, and I guess maybe you get to brag a little bit, but what, what about this program specifically makes it so special from, I mean, of course we have that this is a weekend program, which is pretty unique when you look at all the other part-time programs out there, but, but what makes this program special when we're looking at other part-time programs or even just other law programs or graduate programs just that are, that are around? The way that I described um, coming uh, to Loyola um, just as an institution um, from previous jobs that I had and previous institutions that I was at without, uh, I guess I talked about them. So you, now, you know, uh, but you know, the, 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 the structure, the, the motivating mission um, was largely lip service. Um, and almost everywhere I've ever worked, almost every organization, institution I've ever been a part of, um, you know, they, they, they might espouse great ideals. Um, but when the, you know, when the rubber hits the road, um, those ideas are, are, are talking points only. Um, with Loyola, you know, 
I've I've been privy to the the behind the scenes backdoors conversation, and there is never a a moment where anyone is just like I know our mission is to do this, but we really need to do this. Um, it's always like you know we really are you know, and it, it it sounds Pollyanna, and if I were listening to this without the experience that I had, I'd be like yeah whatever. Uh, but why I'm here, why I why this place is special is, you know, it, it's it's it really is mission driven. Um, and really, the, the the vast majority of people here actually genuinely care. Um, and then because of that care, um, you know, from um, from absolutely everybody, then you get a cohort of students who kind of are selected based upon you know, uh, um, I'm, I'm not very good at summarizing things down to a single word, but there's the, the, the word that always comes up in, in my mind is, you know, um, with weekend students, again, they have demands of family, demands of work, demands of travel and law school. Any one of those things, you know, I, I'm sure I, I did law school at 23 right out of undergrad, and I'm sure it was a monster and I had no other responsibilities. Um, Y'all come in and you are, you know, the, the only word I can use is kind. Um, and that kindness is so uh, mind boggling to me when when everything pulling at you could very easily make you you know just short with each other or just even shut down or just like all right i just got to get through this um but coming in it's you see different cohorts of students laughing with each other and being nice to each other faculty will come in you know it, it, it's just it's it's kindness um and that is pervades our community um and so because of that that's that's i think what makes our program different is also what makes the larger community different we are a community kind of rooted in in just being kind um which shouldn't be an anomaly but you know pick up a newspaper open walk yeah it is it, it's it's one of the last places or the only places i've found kind of motivated by that 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 simple idea thank you for that kirk thank you for sure. sitting down with me thank you for like all of this this was this was a really fun conversation i really yeah. appreciate it uh, thank you thank you for having me i, I enjoyed it as well As a current Weekend JD student myself, I can speak to some of the things Kirk is talking about. The demands of law school are high. The demands of life are also high. The demands of both in tandem can be overwhelming. When I entered the program in fall of 2020, I was a 10th grade history teacher at a local high school. I have since changed careers and now work in healthcare compliance. The Weekend JD program allows me the opportunity to continue to work while getting a high-class law school education. Not to mention, my ability to learn law and policy at Loyola opened the door for me to change careers mid-program. I'd be remiss not to mention the connections and valuable friendships I've also made along the way. Aside from the invaluable support of my family, I also owe a lot of my future to the Weekend JD program at Loyola. I'm not the only one with great things to say about this program. Kristen Dola, another Weekend JD3L, shares her experience. Hi, my name is Kristen Dola, and I am a 3L in the Weekend JD program. Law school on the weekends? Sign me up. Life has a way of getting in the way, right? We get snuggly in our day-to-day -day routines and always think about going back to school. We tell ourselves, we'll do it someday. 
but those thoughts get minimized to just this idea that we think about but don't act on because who has the time? Part-time law school would be a logistical nightmare. Well, I'm here to tell you the Weekend JD program has the time. For me, I had been out of school for over a decade. I have a full-time job, a spouse, and two young kids. Yes, I am busy. And even the thought of trying to logistically figure out how to do part-time law school was my nightmare. But this program is quite literally the have your cake and eat it too kind of program because it afforded me the ability to pursue my JD without giving up my job or being an absent parent. I am still able to tuck my kids in at bed, into bed at night, and I am so grateful for that. Logistically speaking, the weekend JD program's every other weekend schedule is what originally sold me. But now, after experiencing this program for the last two and a half years, I've come to realize that the people I have met and walked with on this journey are the real reason this program is so special. I have met the most amazing people that come from all different kinds of backgrounds and places and life experiences that bring such unique perspectives and talents to the table. And if that wasn't enough, as an added bonus, Kirk Walter, Assistant Dean of the Weekend JD program, he is an absolutely amazing human being that is just the icing on the Weekend JD cake. I am forever grateful to have this opportunity to meet these people to better myself in ways I could never have imagined possible, and it's all because of Loyola's Weekend JD program. That's all from us here at The Podvocate. Thanks again for joining us today. Our team wants to hear from you. If there's a topic you want the show to cover, please email us at thepodvocate at gmail.com. Visit our website at thepodvocate.com for more information on this episode and our guests. The Podvocate is produced by WLUW, the student-run independent radio station broadcasting from the School of Communications at Loyola University, Chicago. Our editors-in-chief are Christy Paredes and Marissa Polowitz. Our associate editors are Neka Ugu, Marcus McNeil, Andy Vandenbush, and Casey Callahan. Special thanks to Professor John Dane and Dean Stephen Russian for providing the resources and support to make this show possible. From Loyola University Chicago School of Law, this has been The Podvocate.